selfish fingers. I'm not a blooming kid. I don't want to play with me dinner. I want a bit of real fish. It is real fish. Yeah? It's fingers, fish, fingers. Well, where's the bones, then, eh? Oh, it's a bit of... Where's the bones? It's not supposed to have bones. That is real fish. You've got to see the scallop, haven't you? We've got to send a sack on afterwards. Anyway, what are you going to give the poor old cat? Well, you can have fish fingers, too. Oi, oi, just a minute, just a minute. This world has become so corrupt. As I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand, talking to it, or looking at it, and I'm about to go crazy, literally. I'm about to go completely flywheel loose and just fall apart. Let's let's not get let's not get into blood and guts, because because that's what you're trying to get into. Come on, fumble butt. Bam, motherfucker. It'll be a miracle if this tape ever is permitted to become knowledge that could spread across the world to even give individuals a chance to know what we have to say. Oh, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. That's enough silence. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was getting uncomfortable. Yeah, it was rough. Gentlemen, do you know where we're going right after we record this episode? Mexico. We, are we going to Mexico, boys? Oh, all right. We're going what? to Small Town Murder live oh. at the Varsity fucking theater. It's gonna be so fucking awesome. Awesome. Yeah. There you go, Shane. And there's your little horny We're thing. We're squirning all over the place right now. And I don't know about you two, but before we go into the Varsity, uh. since I haven't eaten today, I'm going to fucking Mesa uh. Pizza because it's right it across right the street. It? Yeah. Is it right by it? Yeah, do it's they right across the street. pizza by the slice? Yes, they do. That's pretty good, though. And they have like 70 different kinds of pizza. Is, it, is that like the place where you go when you're drunk in the middle of the night and get pizza yes but i have gone there stone cold sober and it holds up <laughs> sure i don't see why i wouldn't is it do they have like a lot of weird flavors yeah okay i think i've been there yeah, they have then. one that's like steak french fries and barbecue sauce mm. i'd eat it it's delicious <laughs> After you did a gross face over there yeah i'd eat it i was okay. like i was like ew eh, i'll do it <laughs> yeah. I, I really my personal like favorite is the southwest beans it's like refried black beans mm. guacamole is it a vegan? Onions, peppers, no. It is, is it vegetarian. Ew. With I only go raw with vegan. cheese yeah. and like a chipotle sauce. Ooh, it's good. It's not good, huh? Is, I'm going to try Wait, what it. Is, My second favorite is the lasagna pizza. What is in that that is separating it from being vegan to vegetarian, Jordan? Cheese. Cheese. Ah, damn it. Dairy byproducts. Goddamn cows. Fuck you, cows. <laughs> I'm going to become a vegan out of hatred of animals. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I hate them so much, I'm not eating them any longer. I'm so full God of hatred. damn it. <laughs> Spike-faced veganism. fucking black and white cocksuckers. <laughs> fuck you, I'm only going to Jay Selby's for dinner. Oh, fuck, I haven't been there in so long. And it's hey, what, so what happens on Red Dead if you shoot a cow? I don't think I've interacted with a cow in that okay. game. Because like I told you, I've been playing it, mm. and I've seen sheep, cows, pigs, but I haven't killed any, though. Well, well I think it's time. <laughs> yep. I'm role-playing as Jordan, so After I'm, being a, I'm being a nice guy. I'm right. saving all the right. dames, saving all the wounded men. Expecting there's nothing a, in return. There's a man who said he got bit by a snake. I went over and sucked it out. You know what I would have done to that man? Been like, well, it's too late. And well, he's like, his okay, I'll take the wound first, then your cock second. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he would have yeah. <laughs> Get the poison from the wound and the poison he's from like, the balls. Oh, he's like, sir, sir, no, I, we don't suck the wound. You suck it out of the dick because it'll go there immediately. Yeah. 
We'll get it all 100% yeah. out of there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll yeah. shoot into my mouth at 20 miles an hour. That's how I know I got all the poison out. You know what the funniest thing? I was coming into the town and I didn't see a man standing in the middle of the road. <laughs> I fucking ran him over. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all the cops came up because I accidentally killed him. I'm like, I didn't even see him. God damn it. Get out of the fucking road when all the horsies are coming. Agreed. God damn it. Like, if you're stupid enough to walk in. He didn't even have headphones in. He wasn't texting. No. It's the Old West, for God's sake. He could have been scribing a message to send via pigeon. <laughs> yes. Or thinking what he was going to tell the telegram officer. My, fa- yeah. my favorite part is like, hey, you have a bounty. Just go over to the post office and take care of it, you know. And the guy's always like, oh, you've been a bad <laughs> They need to bring that back. You got warrants. You just head to the post office, pay him $25 and be on your way. You're clear. (laughs) Jordan, Uh, you just murdered your two podcast co-hosts. Go to the post office and give them five bucks. You're really (laughs) wanted in West St. Paul right now, but if you go over to South St. Paul, they ain't going to care. You're fine. You just got to pay your bounty over there. No, South St. Paul would be like, were the guys you killed white? Yes. Oh, and then we're putting a bounty out, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else, you'd have been fine, boy. (laughs) Are you disparaging South St. Paul? Yes. Sounds like it. (laughs) Very much so. They do have a cool fallout shelter slash post Post office. office. Yeah, Yeah, that is pretty bad. That is fucking cool that you have the fallout shelter. I wouldn't trust it if a bomb hit there, but but at least the sign's there. They also have a new restaurant opening up pretty soon. The Kaposia Club. (laughs) We call it the embezzlement factory. That's right. Because it's probably propped by all the goddamn politicians over there. It's the goddamn crooked mayor's establishment. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn crooked mayor. Did I ever tell you I was... It's on one of the local channels. It's like one of the government channels. They're having the South St. Paul Financial meeting board or something playing wow. on TV. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it was the most boring, stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't even imagine if that was your job, listening to all that You watched shit. some of it? Yeah, like five minutes of it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, there has to be some. Has my life came to this? Am I this pathetic that yes. I have to watch financial meetings for the South St. Paul local government? <laughs> oh, Jesus, fuck Christ me. So it looks like the coop hasn't paid their property tax in a few weeks. Hey, for all you non-locals, the coop is a very good chicken restaurant. It is. They, yep. they do have good fried chicken. We'll, we'll let it slide this time because yeah. they have promised to cater our next meeting. <laughs> Speaking of uh, that, I the other night I just came home from the gym and the 700 Club's on mm. downstairs. And I was like, did my sister literally lose her fucking mind? Why is she watching the goddamn 700 Club? Right. Thankfully, she just fell asleep and that creepy ass man just happened to come on the TV. I remember that used to come on ABC Family all the oh, fucking time. I hate that guy. I would be watching Whose Line Is It Anyway and then wake up and that guy's telling me Christian rhetoric oh. in my sleep. I love how he's always asking for money, like mm. really softly. He's not as bad as Peter Popovovich or whatever his name <laughs> he's is. He's a with basketball the holy player, water. I think, right? <laughs> Greg Popovich is a basketball okay, coach. All right. Well, he's probably a Christian guy. No, the fucking tubes of water. Have you seen those commercials? No. The miracle water? Greg, not, now all I think of is Greg Popovich. <laughs> the coach for the San Antonio Spurs. Peter, Was Peter Peckinew. I don't, I'll think of it. Who cares? Yeah, I think miracle water. I think he's he's the got, coach for the Spurs. He puts water and claims it's going to cure everything. It's That's fucking right. horse shit. Fixes your uh, financial problems and everything. Who's the one that has, like, the food buckets 
The Salvation what is a Army. Fucking no. food bucket. No, it's a pastor, and he does like food buckets and shit, <laughs> and like his entire like TV shows and whatnot are like basically, you need these just to get by until. You know, President Trump saves us from everything. Like, it's a super right-wing thing, but also, like, God sent President Trump our way. And they're all fucking batshit crazy. But they have, like, huge audiences at, like, tables with tablecloths. And they, like, make them the food in the buckets. And there's one thing where he's like, you know, if, if you get into your shelter and you don't have a table... You can just put a few of our buckets together, put a Hell piece of yeah. wood on top, and you got yourself a table. Hell They're yeah. multi-use. I'm like, holy fuck. So you bought one immediately. Please no. tell me you have a food bucket. Did you... I want to, but they're like 500 bucks. What? For a fucking bucket? You know what? I'm going to see how much this a shit costs. Bu- when I hear food well, bucket, I No, think it's I'll... like a thousand meals in a bucket or some crazy shit oh. like that. Okay, that's a good bucket to have, then. For some reason, I kept thinking, like, there's a bucket in the table, and everyone just throws their bo- old food in bucket. Like crusts and shit? Yeah, and then Banana just, peels? it forms a biscuit. Compost? <laughs> Past- <laughs> Pastor Jim Baker. Oh, never mind, it's oh. only a hundred bucks for a 30-day oh. supply. Buy what? one, Jordan. 90 <laughs> meals, a hundred dollars? Can yeah. you just add water? It looks like no, cat litter it says, fucking tub over there. It has all the fixins to prepare over 100 delicious Mexican food favorites for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Not to mention several amazing appetizers. What does this crazy guy care about saving the Mexicans? Dude, so that's 100 bucks. Uh, the gluten-free black bean uh, burger bucket okay. is 100 bucks. Um, How many burgers does this have in here? I'm worried about gluten when it's the apocalypse. Mm. I'll oh, tell yeah. you that much. There's the hearty survival bucket. Is there mm. a... The Italian bucket. Oh, The pizza meatballs. bucket. Pizza bucket. <laughs> the 13 hearty survival buckets. That's $1,800. Okay. Oh, okay. But if that's... that's uh, that, might, that might actually be for Listen, an Italian family. You can get an entire <laughs> bucket of cheesy burgers. Broccoli rice yes. for two hundred and thirty bucks. Fuck yeah! It's probably just rice aroni. Or yeah, some shit they dumped in a bucket. Oh, the turkey feast bucket is eighty bucks. I oh, don't man, I, they're down to a, only eleven buckets. Thanksgiving, dude. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet if they had like each each uh, holiday bucket. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving. Yeah, got Halloween bucket. You got Christmas bucket. So no no matter how long you're down there on those holidays, you can celebrate. Yeah. That's great. Well, you got to celebrate the Lord's... That's great. Whatever. And with all these foods and buckets out of the way, <laughs> Cody, we are going to go to a magical place today in the northeastern corner. I'm not sure where it is, to be honest. You're going to tell me once we get there. Of the island. There's about 50... With serial killers that we've covered, I don't know why they move a lot. And with all the moving and hustling and bustling out of the way, uh, welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast. You almost pulled a Jordan there. Almost, I did. You almost pulled a Jordan. I almost let it get right away from me. It was in my grip, and then it almost flew away. The only episode on Much the like podcast that uploads across the table kisses. to you. Mwah. Let him do the intro, big boy. <laughs> welcome to another episode. Uh-uh. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it will be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Across from me, as always, is Jordan. Oh, oh. I got first this week. Jordan, how you been? I've been, I've been good. You got a fresh cut? We talked about him between bubbles. Everything's good with you. Yep, not looking like a homeless man anymore. Or a caveman. Uh, the beard that can too. do work. 
Good job, that beard up. Get some sick mutton chops. Get some dapper dance. I had the sick mutton chops what, at the what start What do they of call the that where you get the mustache that connects to the mutton chops? I, I just call those mutton chops, and that is what I had. That is. It was fucking awesome. You'll really, you'll really be fighting the ladies off then. And Believe the one, me, I wasn't. <laughs> and the one next to Jordan is Cody. <gasps> Hello. Cody, you're the author of this week's story. <clears throat> uh, I guess you could call it that. You compiled all the yeah, information. I did. I did, yes. I put this episode together because I'm sick and I always do serial killers for some reason. <laughs> so, anyway, no, we're going to the 1800s in London. Uh, Foggy old London town. Okay, I see Jordan's primed and ready for his English accent there. Go to get some fish and chips in Foggy London town, my boy. We're gonna we're gonna Where's insult an entire island. Called the United Kingdom today. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the sources is Mary Ann Cotton by Simon Webb and Miranda Brown. Dual good. authors. Ah, uh, yeah. Good short, sweet book. I kind of like those. Just excellent. Uh, yeah. Get through it really quick without a bunch of monotony horse shit in there. Mm-hmm. Nice little info dump. Right. Yes. So let's get started then. Let's go. We all know of the infamous Jack the Ripper striking terror through the streets of London in 1888, and he will forever live in the lore of serial killers, especially throughout London. What if I was to tell you this particular subject we are about to talk about today could potentially be the most prolific killer England has ever had? I would be excited. That would be quite the news. Almost completely forgotten about through the history books, and to top it off, she was a proper lady. Hell yeah. With such nicknames like Cottonmouth, Lady Rotten, oh. Black Widow, <laughs> or the West Ackland Poisoner. Well, that one's just to the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really... I know. Hang on, I can know. I venture a guess as to how she <clears throat> killed people? I'm going to tell you here. <sighs> Uh-oh. Her weapon of choice was not a sharp blade or blunt <laughs> object, but a silent, odorless weapon often used by female serial killers. The woman's weapon. <laughs> That is easily concealed and often after death just assumed to be symptoms of other illnesses. This weapon is arsenic. And in this time period we're about to talk about, they fucking loved their arsenic. Mm. You know who else loved their arsenic? Uh, Bob Dole. Blast from the past of this podcast. Who? The giggling grandma, Nanny Doss. She's about a hundred... Over a hundred years from now, so yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of women have used arsenic. It's arsenic, a good strict one. nine, all that. So. It's a good one. Now, when we hear the word arsenic nowadays, we just assume poison. But where does it come from? Technically, arsenic can be found everywhere because it is an element. It's in water, soil, and other metals such as copper. And copper mining was huge around this time period. Mm. So much so, there was an overabundance of arsenic being used in England around this time. Sure. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, arsenic's basically around the copper ore because it technically is a metal itself. Right. So So it's a byproduct of the mining, Kind. It's like around the metal ore. Arsenic's like everywhere. Yeah. We've probably consumed it accidentally, but it's so minute, you'd never even know. You know know what? I'm probably immune because it hasn't killed me yet. (laughs) That's right. Have you tried? I mean, you said we've consumed it and we haven't died. <laughs> Therefore, that just leads me to believe I'm... He's invincible. Yep. Oh, you are a tough boy. Nothing Ar- can kill me. <laughs> People have been accidentally poisoning themselves with arsenic for a long time. 
1991, the remains of a frozen prehistoric man was found in the Atzatal Alps in Austria. They named him Otzi. Makes sense. <laughs> His body was found saturated with arsenic. How did a 5,000-year-old man die of arsenic poisoning? He died with his trusty copper axe and presumably oh. had poisoned himself from smelting the ore. So he was in a freaking copper age. Yeah. And well, he was making his tool. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I was just talking with <laughs> Travis about this yesterday. I was like, okay, you find this guy with his tool, right? He dies. Do you think everybody, his tribes people are like... That object's now cursed or cursed God tool. hates oh, yeah. hates us or something, you know? Certainly. I was thinking about that. That shit's crazy, yep. Certainly. That's fucking awesome. So, arsenic was found mixed with popular cosmetics used in the ancient times, which was found in the tomb of Tutankhamen. <laughs> you say this name, Tutankhamen. 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 King Tut. King Tut. Tutankhamen. Yeah. So he had like a little jar. They used to use it for makeup and shit. Sure. For their face. Art loaded with arsenic. Yep, yep. So it's cool. Mithridates VI, a king of Pontus, whom died in 63 BC, was said to have taken small quantities of various poisons, including including arsenic, claiming it would make him immune <laughs> to any poisons his enemies may attempt to put in his food or drink. Just like Jordan. Yep. Yeah. He's invincible. <laughs> I, have I have a... to find him and fight him now. That's right. Uh, you're about 2,000, you're over 2,000 Cody, years. he's invincible. Like, he's invincible. Right. He's uncanny. Not even he's the death Highlander. can kill him. He's the Highlander right That's now. right. All right. So, arsenic had been used all throughout history. Final thing before we get rolling with the story, I wanted to paint a picture of just how much the English used arsenic in the 1800s. Here's a short passage from the book Arsenic Century, how Victorian Britain was poisoned at home, work, and play. Jesus. Written by James C. Wharton. They wrote a whole goddamn book about it. Yeah. Read this, and you're going to see this is fucking insane. This shit blew my mind. All right. (laughs) To give some idea of how the Victorians lived with arsenic every day of their lives, we need to invent a typical Victorian lady of the middle class. We will call her Mrs. Green. Mrs. Green wakes every morning to the sound of her children playing on the floorboards of the nursery just above the bedroom she shares with her husband. A successful brewer who is some years her senior. Ooh, a May through... I forget. Uh, I fucking I, forget. May and December? May and December marriage. <laughs> the little That's greens strange. love to play with their wooden toys, painted in arsenical paint, and with their soft toys made with real fur, dusted with an arsenic compound to stop it rotting. <laughs> the bookcase in the nursery contains several books with covers dyed with arsenical colors. Oh, Jesus Christ. In keeping with tradition, the nursery is rather spartan with no wallpaper or carpets. By contrast, the adult green's bedroom has arsenic wallpaper and a rich, vivid green. There are also matching curtains and bed hangings dyed with arsenic compounds. The bedroom carpet has very little arsenic in it, thank goodness. Yeah. But the sheep who surrendered the wool had been dipped in an arsenic-rich sheep dip. (laughs) My favorite sheep dip. Before breakfast, Mr. Green secretly takes some pills containing arsenic, which he believes will increase his sexual potency (laughs) and help him keep up with the demands of his pale young wife. Mrs. Green secretly takes an arsenic medicine to preserve her fashionable pallor. She also applies an arsenic liquid to her face to prevent prevent pimples (laughs) 
Later, as the Greens eat their evening meal, the proper people of the town are enthusiastically consuming beer produced by Greens Brewery. The beer is made using glucose as a substitute for malt glucose tainted with arsenic. So, Jordan. Yes. Do you think you would like to live during this time? Very much so. Is this like industrial revolution? Because you know what? I could just eat straight arsenic and not die and conquer these times. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot about... This has kind of morphed in like history slash serial killer because from the 1800s to the 1900s in Victorian London, it yeah. was... Everything I would was have black hate... with soot yeah. and everything was covered in arsenic. We're going to yeah. learn how... I've seen Sweeney Todd. Oh, you're yeah. going to see how horrible fucking working conditions were, how they treated people. It was well, I already not all, good. I already know all of this thanks huh? to a successful Netflix series called oh. Peaky Fucking Blinders, Mike. <laughs> Did you hear that they're going to make a Peaky Fucking movie? Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> Are they done with the show then or what? Thank you, Jordan, for that. I love when he, he did his look. Peaky Fucking Blinders. <laughs> you, you have to. This is all important because there will be speculation on if she did actually kill all these people or if Victorian Britain could be the true villain. Mm. This story will all transpire through the 1800s, and as you can guess, the record-keeping wasn't exactly top-notch, so we will let you decide. That's a good idea. Also, anti-vaxxers. You, oh. need, a, you need three things here. Fuck you first off. Oh. Second off. Fuck you again. Um, you might want to turn this off because this is going to be offensive for you. And number, is this where we draw a line? Is this three, a bumblebutt line in the sand? Hold on. Number three, you might want to listen because you're going to learn what rampant diseases were like and how many people killed and like, it's just horrible. It could definitely everybody have been prevented. Be, everybody should be glad that these fucking diseases are not running around the country yeah. anymore. It's horrible. We're going to find out all about these diseases. Fucking horrible. Man. Bumblebutt line in the sand. Right. Anti-vaxxers. So bye, Jordan. Go away now. That's right, Jordan. <laughs> See ya. Oh, just Go kidding. get vaccinated and come back. <laughs> Jordan likes vaccines. Mary Ann Cotton was born in the year 1832, but the exact date is unknown. Her birth name was Mary Ann Robeson. Her parents were Michael and Margaret Robeson. 1832 was an important year in England. The first reform bill was passed, bringing England closer to a democracy. Never forget. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Jordan. King William VI was still the ruler. It would not be seceded by, by Queen Victoria for another five years. The family lived in Low Morsley, which was more of just a collection of streets around this time, such as Low Row, High Row, Back Row, and Front <laughs> Row. <laughs> what a creative city. <laughs> Damn. Awesome. I wish I lived there. <laughs> city city full of poets, I'm guessing. <laughs> Mary Ann was the firstborn child and had two younger siblings, a brother named Robert and a sister whom died at a young age, and we have no idea what her name is. All right. Her father soon moved them to West Rainton to get a job at the hazmat or at the hazard pit. <laughs> Sounds perfectly safe. <laughs> a mine owned by the Lambton clan. <laughs> which claimed to have gotten their name when their ancestors slayed the legendary dragon named Lambton Worm. <laughs> oh, no, that's I'm... fucking cool! As cool as that story around. is, I have a feeling they might have just been uh, sheep farmers. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one, too. No, they killed Lambton Worm, the greatest they dragon They couldn't kill ever. Lambton Worm because my invincible immortal self killed Lambton Worm. Yeah, Cody. I bet that, uh, that poison immune king killed them, probably. 
Remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Jordan's arch rival. Yeah, that guy's a bitch. <laughs> Soon, they moved again to East Mer- Merton, where Michael worked as a sinker. <laughs> a sinker's job is to dig down from the surface to the seam of the coal. The family also shared home with two young lodgers and other sinkers. This was a dangerous job offering poor pay and damn near slavery. Awesome. The owners were often referred to as, quote, masters and had complete power over their employees. Sure, the employees had rent-free housing, but also had to sign bonds preventing them from leaving their jobs. So, like, basically slavery contracts. Basically, Yeah. yeah. They were serfs. It's, Indentured servitude. Yeah. Right. It's oh, fucking horrible. Even with bonds, they were not guaranteed work or pay and had to provide their own working equipment. Jesus. Seems like a good deal. Even if they did get paid, the only place they could purchase goods from was so-called Tommy Shops. The which, company store. Yeah. Of, co- of course, owned by the masters. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We know about this in America, obviously. Yeah. The shops had terrible prices and often entrapped the workers in large amounts of debt to keep them enslaved within the mine. (laughs) Fucking horrible, man. If the workers did try to strike, the company would just bring in black leg workers, a.k.a. Irish immigrants, to replace them. (laughs) Cody's just loving this. He's like, yeah, put them in the fucking mines. (laughs) Finally got them. When Marianne was nine years old, her father Michael died at the age of 30 after falling several hundred feet down a mine shaft after trying to repair a pulley. The company brought his body home via a wheelbarrow <laughs> in a bag marked Property of the South Hetton Coal Company. <laughs> Maybe you should do an English accent, Jordan. Property of the Salt Hetting Coal Company. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Here's your husband. Here's our property back. You That's bury so him. Fucked up. Could you imagine you're sitting at, in your apartment, you have a wheelbarrow with your body, Max opens the door. Property of beep. Beep. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we beat that. It. We'll beat that up. <laughs> That'd be so fucked up. Alright, so Adam's gonna sing us the minor song. Do Rick- you know this one? <laughs> What? No, there, I don't. There's no, you don't know how it goes at all? Do you not see it written? Oh, I certainly see it. Do you know the melody? Do you know anything? Nah, just all let right. it ride. Sing it to the tune just of Happy Birthday. Go for it. It was written in January of 1870. Okay, I'll I'll give her a crack. You guys ready for this? <laughs> We're ready. Yep. Ah, you breathe the upper air. How little do you know? While rocking o'er our heads above. <laughs> how we get them below. Where deep, deep, deep we daily strive to all a minor can with brave hard knocks red the stubborn rocks in the depths of Bogoyan in every household of the land our metals seem to shine your polished bright brass candlesticks your coffee pots, your tea kettles your copper warming pan deep as the sea was got by me in the balls like Bogoyan Ooh, excellent job, Adam. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. So you're dying in the mining pit. All the pit listeners singing. applaud with us. You're in the mining pit chipping away, singing the lovely jam there. You guys all learn that, record that, put that to a beat, <laughs> send it to me. Thank you. You better sing that next time you go to your pack or whatever. You better hear a mashup with Take On Me by AHA. With That's that. right. Ah, perfect. Perfect, perfect Jordan. Good, good call. Oddly... 
The family normally would have been evicted from their home after the company's workers died, but because of the other lodgers living with them, they apparently allowed them to continue living there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know it's this uh, is retarded. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a stupid. <laughs> Soon Marianne's mother remarried another miner named George Stott. Perfect. All right. Just keep the miners coming. Yep. Not much is known about Marianne during her teenage years outside of her being a Sunday school teacher at the local Methodist church. Hmm. There was also a rumor that the local pastor fancied young Marianne. But seeing as she came from such a poor family, <laughs> he could have married another woman with a much higher status in society. Yeah. Despite the rumors, Marianne was an extremely attractive woman. You gotta love class systems. Oh, yeah. We're gonna see a lot of that, too. It's such Fuck. a simpler time. You'd be a fucking a slave in the mine pit. What are you talking about? You'd be at the hazard pits yeah. employee of the month. <laughs> You'd be working for the Lampton clan. I'd like to think <laughs> that I would be a demon barber on Fleet Street. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Yeah, you can if you try hard enough. That's I suppose. right. Apply yourself. At the age of 16, she went off to work as a servant for a well-off family, headed by a man named Edward Potter, Ooh. manager of the South Hetton Colliery. Colliery is just a mine, for anybody who's okay. wondering. I was wondering. Yep. I don't know why they call it that, but it's just a mine. Because they're proper lads over there, mate. <laughs> oh, Edward Potter don't fuck around. Anyway. He ain't fucking with you. <laughs> Their mines are mad proper. Proper class, eh? You can only imagine how Marianne must have felt after coming from such a life of poverty to seeing what life was like living in high society. Mm. While attending this job, she befriended a co-worker named Margaret Cotton, mm -hmm. who would later in life become her sister-in-law. Mary Ann would have quite a few husbands before we get to that part, though. That <laughs> <laughs> a girl. Around 1851 to 1852, Mary Ann became pregnant out of wedlock. That's a bastard. Presumably by a man named William Mo Mowbray, another miner. <laughs> oh, it's he got a shot at that gash. What the fuck was that? Oi. Oi. Okay. <laughs> All right, George. stab at that gash, mate. I hope, I, hope king, that gosh. I hope that king comes and stabs your ass tonight. Yeah. He won't. He's Definitely. too much of a pussy. <laughs> they would eventually marry in July of 1852, but because of the scorn of having a baby out of wedlock, <laughs> and seeing as Marianne came from a religious background, the two were married in secret at the registrar's office in Newcastle. Mm. There's a lot of hiding sure. children mm -hmm. during this time. So The couple were living in County Durham, but soon moved to the southwest to St. Germans in Cornwall. I know a lot of these are kind of confusing town names. Definitely. <laughs> but they're, they are they cool. They are real. So. Yeah. William was working as a railroad contractor. Oh. Huh. Being as they were now a two days train ride from home, the Mowbrays could at least pretend they were married before Marianne gave birth to their first child. Smart. Bunch of tricksters. Yep. All right, hang on, guys. They are suspected to have around four or five children, but there is only one birth certificate hmm. issued to Margaret Jane Mowbray, born in June 1856. It could be speculated that the Mowbray's first children could have perished at a young age due to any number of diseases or accidents. Sure. In those days, the health and safety of the working class children was just an afterthought. Well, you weren't supposed to, like, 
it wasn't expected that all of your children would make yeah. it to adulthood. That's why they had so many. This is a report from Greg Wright written in the Yorkshire Post. Yorkshire. Yorkshire Post. Yorkshire. Yorkshire. I should notice I love Yorkshire pudding. Mm. Anyway, Jordan, go ahead and read this for us. In the early 1800s, many children worked 16-hour days in atrocious conditions alongside <laughs> their parents. Child labor was not confined to mills, but also rife in the coal mines. Where children began work at the age of five, and usually died before they were 25... <laughs> That's fucking terrible. That sounds like my dream. Gas works and shipyards. Yikes, so yeah. Um, maybe the kids died from that, we don't know. But, mm. like, you know what I'm saying? Sure. We're Undocumented gonna... little workers that might have yep. perished on the job. Maybe. Right. There were laws slowly being imposed that tried to help against these hellish conditions. In 1842, the Mines Act prohibited the employment of boys younger than the age of 10, and no one under 15 could run machinery. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of toddlers running whatever kind of cranes they had back then. Oh, oh God, everyone's dead. <laughs> In 1847, they passed the 10-hour act, which cut the which cut the hours of persons under 18 and women to 10 hours per day and 58 hours per week. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> oh God. Thank Christ. You know what's funny? What is that? Like we're laughing about this now. This is horrible. And now they have like so much better working conditions yeah. in England yeah. than we do here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I like, ah, 58 well, hours. Well, like, if you think about it, okay, this is happening in, like, mid-1800s, and in America, this happened in, what, like, early 1900s, like, during their Industrial Revolution. Yep, yep, so. yep. during the gear up for the wars. Right. So, some of the jobs the children could have been performing include seller in the streets, <clears throat> domestic servant, chimney sweeps, rat catcher, or my personal favorite, Scaring the birds from fields. Hey, that sounds like a good one. You can do that for free with the scarecrow, right? Kids are better than scarecrows. You could literally just tell your kids, go play in the field. Yeah. True. So, anyway, like we said, these missing children that she could have had in this life period could have died from any of this shit, basically. Because it's kind of a dump to live there. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Wait, you're making it out to be like... The Mediterranean in Italy. Living on that. Just a dream world, Cody. Yeah, you're making it sound real nice. Mm, well, maybe we can bring this back one day, Jordan. Yeah, hopefully. All right, so what was it like to live in the Southwest during this time? Well, it was rumored that the family would have lived in tents, demountable huts mm. along the railway, living alongside what they called Irish Superman, <laughs> the navigators or navvies, who laid the metal veins out for the railway. I, tr oh. I tried so hard to find like what an Irish Superman actually is. I couldn't find it anywhere. So It sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. It must just be a racist term, or I don't know. Uh, maybe they're strong Irishmen. Get those nannies. Sober Irish people, the Irish Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The racism in Cody and Victorian England against the Irish was insane. There are plenty of people who believe that the Irish, or Celts as they were often called, were the missing link of possibly the, a direct descendant from the Cro-Magnon. A Mr. Charles Kingsley said this in a letter written to his wife. I am haunted by the human chimpanzees I saw in Ireland. I don't believe they are a fault. But to see white chimpanzees is dreadful. 
Thank you, Mr. Charles Kingsley. That was not Adam. That was Charles Kingsley, but it definitely was Cody. Yes. So, yeah, they didn't treat the Irish very well either. Women, Irish, men, poor people, you're done for, basically. Children. Yeah, children. Well, we always forget about the little kids because <laughs> they die at 25. That's so it's right. like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Some... You had a good run, bury the boy. <laughs> Toddlers running fucking bobcats. The best, yep. <laughs> best coal miner we ever had died at seven. It's like a real company man. <laughs> After three months, we got him a watch. After his first employee of the month plaque, he died of black lung. <laughs> God damn it. Something a bit ironic was that the Southwest had recently turned into the arsenic capital of the world. The copper mines were beginning to deplete, and soon companies were refining arsenic out of the waste heaps remaining in the mine. Jesus. They suspect, potentially, this is how Marianne could have first came into contact with arsenic. So they had just, they had raped this national, this natural resource so much that they were now raping the dung heaps. Right. To get every last scrap out of it. Don't waste nothing. Don't waste nothing. And as we've seen in the beginning, you needed arsenic to survive. Yeah. Yes. Your your sheep dips and everything else. If I don't have my correct sheep dips. (laughs) In fact, a year after Marianne's death, a disgruntled employee of the West of England arsenic works poisoned 200 of her fellow co-workers Fuck. by dumping arsenic in the drinking water tank. Get shit done. No, I don't think so, Jordan. Either way, it wasn't long before Marianne, William, and their only surviving child, Margaret, would move back to the north to live with her mother and stepfather in South Hetton. Thank goodness. Her stepfather, George, was the owner of a local public house, a.k.a. pub. Thank you. Possibly named either the Butcher's Arms or the Screener's Arms. (laughs) We don't know which one. And the Mowbrays lived above it. On September 1858, Marianne gave birth to a daughter named Isabella. Mm. While living in this location at the age of four, young Margaret Jane passed away due to (sighs) scarlatina anginosa and exhaustion after 15 days of illness. Wow. It's easy to assume with the climate of this woman's infamy, did she potentially poison this girl? Probably not. (laughs) Scarlatina was a common ailment during this time period, and whilst the symptoms mimic arsenic poisoning, Scarlatina leaves a distinctive rash on your body. Oh, so it's killer herpes. It's a nice, fun little rash. It sounds fucking horrible, I'll tell you that. And after 15 days, you get to die from exhaustion. So uh, I hope hope you deal with that well. As we will find out throughout this entire story, Marianne was an extremely fertile woman. Mm. And within 10 months after the death of Margaret Jane, she gave birth to another daughter. 10 months. One month to grieve. Right. And then let's put another one in there. Guess what they named her? Isabella. Margaret Jane. Oh. <laughs> she recycles a lot of her old kids' names, too. <laughs> the Mowbrays were soon on the move once again and headed to Hendon in Sunderland. William began to work as a stroker. Stoker. <laughs> William began to work as a stoker on a steamship. And once again, Marianne gave birth to another child named John in July 1863. Perfect. These two are fucking like rabbits. Hold on, Jordan, you ain't seen nothing yet. All right. Working on the steamships weren't much better than life as a miner. They had their own versions of the miner's bond called ship articles. Mm. Breaking this would land sailors in the jail for 90 days 
To make matters worse, ships were often poorly built and were often overloaded. Mm. This excerpt will give you an idea of what it was like being on an overloaded ship. An overcrowded, unventilated, leaky, and venomous foxhole. <laughs> Eating food that was often old, foul, and adequate. Not as owners, captains, and suppliers <laughs> all cheated to line their pockets. <laughs> Why is everybody so fucking greedy in this Jesus? Because, because otherwise that's human nature. Yeah, otherwise they have to mine coal or work on a shitty steamship as not a captain. Yeah. That's true. Not to mention if the ship did sink, the owners would profit off that as well. Insurance. Yeah. Win win situation. Perfect. The Mowbrays would have been married around eleven years at this point, having as many as eight children. With only the second, Margaret Jane, Isabella, <laughs> and John still surviving. Sadly, at just over a year old, John would pass away. Mm. He would be registered dying from, Adam, this might hit close to home, mm. diarrhea. Mm. God, that's how I want to go. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, my God. That would be the best way. We've all thought we were being turned <laughs> inside out with oh, diarrhea. Yeah. This obviously shared symptoms with arsenic poisoning. While it is impossible to prove if she had actually poisoned this young child, if we are to assume that she did in fact poison John, he would be the first victim in a long line of victims to come. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to yeah. say this is one. Now, there are two factors that could lead us to possible motives. Firstly, with William Mowbray always away at sea, Marianne would begin an extramarital affair with a younger, red-headed miner named J <laughs> Joseph Natras. Ginger. Fucking Irish. Do you think, yeah, I was going right, to say, Cody? it's probably Irish. Right? <laughs> Due to the fact that she could easily dump her daughters, whom would be roughly five and three off with just friends or relatives. Watch these kids. I need to go get my dick wet. <laughs> <laughs> well, for her, her vagina I need to go get wet. My plunge. <laughs> plunged. Her baby shoot lubed. There you go. Little John, being barely over a year, would prove to be more difficult to find a babysitter. Secondly, and possibly the most damning, was the fact that upon delivering his death certificate to the Prudential Insurance Company, Marianne received a small payout. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Certainly, as we will find out throughout her life, she loved collecting those life insurance payouts. Just a little windfall <laughs> Yeah. after a tragedy. Yeah. Might as well. This is why you got insurance, right? <laughs> yeah. An interesting fact that in Victorian England, infanticide was not that uncommon. With so many people living in poverty, lack of birth control, abortions being a criminal offense, and the rise of life insurance payouts, many had resorted to this horrendous act. Listen, I am going to try just to put a small spin of positivity on it. Okay. They were si they were saving these children from a life of awful pain I mean, and hunger. When I was reading this, there's kind of wording it like that, like... I mean, obviously, killing children's fucking horrible, but yeah. life is so horrible that it's like, like the kid like, survives or like you survive. Survived. Like she th might have thought she was doing the, or these people that did it probably thought they were just doing their kids a favor. Hopefully, could be. that's what I want to believe. I mean, when the, it seems like the age ex expectancy is like thirty years old for everybody, it's ugh, and I popping mean, out children that you had to know you fucked up if you had a kid. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm dying awfully. Yeah. I'm making, but like, no. two pence a month, and I'm, I'm having a piece of bread every three days. <sighs> but my room's paid for. <clears throat> yeah, because my husband's enslaved. <laughs> oh, no. 
To combat this a little bit, in 1850, the Parliament passed a law forbidding anyone from insuring any child younger than 10 years old for more than three pounds. Fuck. It does not reveal much information on what William thought or knew about the death of his son John. We do know roughly four months after John's death, William would be also dead. Mm. Was William poisoned by Marianne? Most likely not. Boo. He had spent the last two days of his life with extreme diarrhea. Fuck. His death certificate would be registered as dying from typhus, and even with the primitive medical science of the time period, the most experienced doctors could tell the difference from typhus and arsenic poisoning, not to mention typhus was a goddamn epidemic around this time period. Mm. Is that mostly eradicated now, typhus? I I, really I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure pretty it's sure. A, vac- a vaccinated thing yeah. or whatever. But those anti-vaxxers want to bring it back. I want to know how it's spread. Typhus is spread by lice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> typhus is spread by lice in filthy, overcrowding conditions such as those present on the ships he would have been working on. Typhus generally leaves red marks on the skin and was sometimes referred to as jail fever because of the outbreak in the London Newgate prison system. They said the lice was so bad in the prison, your feet would crunch like stepping on gravel while walking through it. With the immense overcrowding in the general populace as well, on average, it would be 10 people per house, with less than 7% of those houses having a bathroom of their own. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I'm trying to run the number, but my math is no good. Ten people per house. Yeah. yeah. In a tiny... Seven percent have a bathroom. Yeah. Where Where's the shit going? Street. <sighs> That's my guess. Straight? Street. 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 I thought you said straight. It's I'm like, where straight, the fuck boys. is it going straight? I mean, it's coming straight it's out going of your straight ass, straight like, technically. <laughs> <laughs> it's going straight, boys. Straight shitting. All right. So, just months after the death of William... Marianne's daughter, Margaret Jane. Part two. Part two. I don't know what you mean. Margaret Jane. That's the second Margaret Margaret Jane. Oh, yeah. Take two. Margaret Margaret Jane, two, electric boogaloo. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Anyway, she died from the same disease in April of 1865. The only thing that could possibly have been linked to Marianne for these two deaths would be simply poisoning them while they're already sick to expedite the process of killing them. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. But we... Like, make it over quicker. Yeah, basically. I want that payout. Either way, Marianne moved from Hendon to Seaham. 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 And shipped her last remaining daughter, Isabella, to live with her maternal grandmother, Margaret Stott. So she's over her kids. She's just single now. She's on her own. Too much death. Now alone in Seaham... We don't exactly know what she would have been doing, possibly soliciting prostitution for the local sailors or working as a dressmaker. Okay. One of the two. (laughs) Maybe both. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It is likely that she had stopped her affair with Joseph because he had moved with his wife, Catherine, to Shilden. Oh, fuck you, both of you. So, after... This chick likes to fuck everyone. She loves getting pregnant. No, She's a true mother. <laughs> okay, what are you saying about mothers there? Adam? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> After a little adventure in Siam, she once again returned to Sunderland later in 1865. Marianne then got a job as a fever nurse at the Sunderland Infirmary. Keep in mind, during this time, 
nurses were more of domestic servants with absolutely no medical training. Okay, Okay. (laughs) so they're doing the janitorial shit and looking after patients, but not actually treating anyone. They cleaned, dispensed medicines, Mm. changed dressings, Mm. and helped out wherever they were needed. Much different than what we know nurses to be today. Nurses are gods. Yes. Yes. Nurses are true angels. They might be better than doctors. They are. They are. They are. Nurses are so nice and understanding. I love you, nurses. Yes. So, what sort of pay could an English nurse expect? Five shillings a day, roughly. Four pounds in modern currency. Excellent. Back then, that had to go... Five shillings? I mean, four pounds in modern currency is still not that much. No. Yeah, but this is a hundred years ago, man. But they already did the inflation. Yeah, she earned five shillings a day, Jordan. That's right now, that's four pounds. Today, that's four pounds a day. Could you survive off, what is it, probably like six dollars a day? (laughs) It'd be tough. It would be rough, Jordan. I like your optimism. Wonder Bread, and you couldn't be drinking this expensive water you got right here, I'll tell you First off, this water was on sale. So half of my daily allowance would go to my water. (laughs) Your wages? Oh, no more Newport Reds, I'll tell you that much. I'd find a way. Life finds a way. (laughs) He'd be prostituting to sailors. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, honey, I'll suck your dick for a cigarette. <laughs> you ever seen a sperm whale? I'll show you one. <laughs> Let me show you my blowhole, baby. <laughs> All right. But, Jordan, keep that aside. I do want to see your blowhole later. All right. So, some speculate this could have actually been her first experience with arsenic, but that is also unlikely. They speculate she could have perhaps tested arsenic on the patient's because death was so prevalent in the hospital, even before you reached the hospital, you would have been labeled with a disease. Sure. And if you happened to die of said disease, there was no investigation. <laughs> there really weren't the resources to put into the hospital to help anybody. Just a meat factory. He suffers from a disease called slices across his neck. Well, let's take him in. Oh, he well, no he's investigation. Dead. He's dead. I'm guessing it's because of slices across his neck. <laughs> it's the label. <laughs> he was labeled. That's what he died from. Now, being Marianne was an attractive widow in her 30s, Best to find another husband's. Mm-hmm. Patients in the infirmary tend to fall for their nurses who are aiding them. Mm. And that is exactly what happened to Mr. George Ward. They would soon marry on August 28th, 1865 in Monkwermouth. Monkwermouth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, it's spelled like Monkwermouth. Monkwermouth. Okay. I'm sure Miss Muffy is going to tell us what the Please. hell that is. Oh, yeah. Monkwermouth. Seeing as she married so quickly after becoming a widow, it appears she would hide this fact from her family. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Soon Marianne left her nursing job and became a stay-at-home wife with George, Aww. which proved to be tough oh. because they were now living off four shillings a week <laughs> <laughs> as a form of parish relief, which parish relief is similar to Social Security. Mm-hmm. Taking care of two people with four shillings would have been hell. <laughs> I, I don't know how. What the fuck? I don't I don't know. Isn't it kind of crazy, though, they had, like, a form of Social Security way back in 1860s? I mean, what, what did they do? have for dinner? Dirt soup? You can't you can't do anything. I that. don't know. I That's don't know. less than $5 a week with inflation. Well, I mean, George, he was kind of a sick man already, and then she married him, so... Wow. She probably should have just kept working, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, just stay at the job, baby. After several months, George, War be- George Ward became seriously e- ill with symptoms including general weakness, nosebleeds, 
paralysis of the hands and feet and a swollen liver. So it sounds like he's a drunk and does coke. <laughs> do, you get, do you get paralysis of the hands and feet from doing cocaine? Drink? I don't know. <laughs> I think they can cut your feet and feet off for it if your your extremities start stop working from cocaine. I'm pretty sure that's real. Yeah, I bet it is. The, the house surgeon informed Marianne to apply leeches towards swollen liver. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm not sure how the fuck she did that, but... They just cut a little trap door in him. So we also don't know if she had been slowly poisoning George or if it was another illness. Arsenic poisoning, does that, would that swell the liver? Yeah, the arsenic is not nice to your liver. Gotcha. It's not nice to your whole body, but it's not nice to your liver. (laughs) But we do know that Marianne filed a complaint against the doctor, claiming the leeches only made his condition worse, but the doctor became exonerated later on. Wow. We do know... That he would have been, if he would have been in fact poisoned, still using the leeches, the creatures would have died from his blood being tainted. Okay. So, but we don't know if the leeches actually were dying or not. So, man, uh, seems like an important detail. I wish we knew these things. Well, if we can time travel to 1866, we'll find out. I'll get on building a time machine. (laughs) Thank you. You're really, you're really concerned about Mr. George Ward, aren't you, Jordan? I'm just looking to fast forward to my dying day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can meet a woman named Marianne one day, Jordan. I was going to say, arsenic. my time machine is just a gun. <laughs> Either way, it took him until October of 1866 to die. 14 months after the two had been married, his death certificate read he died from, quote, English cholera and typhoid fever, mm. both of which share symptoms similar to arsenic poisoning. We got to, I, this confused me, Ar, uh, typhoid fever and typhus, two different, different. things. Yep. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. That got me at first. So I just want to make sure everyone's clear with that. With the passing of her latest husband, it was time for Marianne Ward to get a new job. Yay. She found a job working in the household of James Robinson of Gray Street, Pallion in Sunderland. <laughs> I think he's like really important, so he has like this really yeah. long title name. Yeah. That confused me too when I was reading this. Like, why does this guy have all this shit in his fucking name? And like, they're literally just keep re- like using it over and over. And James over Robinson of Gray Street, Pallion in Sunderland. I wish we still we should bring this back. This is fucking rad. Yes, Cody of. Oops. Let's let's censor that out. Oopsies. Robinson was a widower himself with his five children. His chosen profession was the maker of ships, a shipyard foreman. No wonder he gets a title. He's a he's a badass. He's an important man. Shipmaking in Sunderland actually dates back to the 14th century, and around this time was the largest shipbuilding center in the world. The position for Marianne was actually quite nice because effectively she was replacing his deceased wife's duties. And the, her job allowed her to live in his home. And then she will, if I think, she Skin will take a... the place of his dead wife. <laughs> I yes. think you're on to something. Oh, boy. Literally, the day after she arrived at his home, James' youngest child, John Robinson, merely nine months of age, passed away from convulsions. Jesus. Which is He's all... just got a case of the shakes <laughs> that he couldn't get rid of. <laughs> which is also known to share be a shared symptom of arsenic poisoning. Well, that one's not suspicious at all. I mean, convulsions, that seems kind of a weird way to write that you died, I guess. But yeah. Whatever. He shook his brain into a mush. Can you imagine your death certificate either says you died of diarrhea or fucking convulsions? Sounds fucking horrible. Oh, I think it's probably more common than we think, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. 
What it's, about diarrhea-induced convulsions? I, I think oh. actually, I think actually, when you die of diarrhea, you actually die of dehydration, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Technically, I think so. Nobody needed to know that, but now I you did. Do. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Keep drinking if you have diarrhea. Just knowledge keep is power. <laughs> so it's impossible to know for sure, but most believe she wouldn't attempt to kill the child so quickly after moving in. Although there is always the possibility that she was intending to slowly poison the child mm. and just overdosed him. It's only nine months, so yeah, doesn't Can't take, take much. much. Yeah. No, no, no. Arsenic is well known for affecting everyone differently and at different rates. As with her usual MO, Marianne once again managed to seduce the master of the household. Oh. <laughs> this brings into question whether Marianne either had a strong sexual appetite for the time period, <laughs> or perhaps she does this just to improve her own status in society. I can see that. Or Mr. Robinson was simply a lonely man since the death of his wife months earlier. And there was a woman that came in and started picking up where she left off, rearing the kids, and making attractive, the food. Yeah, like a... Uh, I could see beauty all three the... of those being true. This and a... somebody that's been there. She's also a widower, so it's like she knows what it's this like to lose like a spouse. This is like 1860s The Beautician and the Beast. Mm. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. It's horrible, but mm-hmm. yes. Either way, it didn't take long for her to become pregnant <laughs> in February 1866, presumably with her ninth child. Oh, <laughs> I've lost track of a few of these because I didn't know we were on nine already. <laughs> I didn't know her and Philip Rivers were in a competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should just change every husband's name on the story to Philip Rivers. <laughs> So, Marianne had snagged herself a soon-to-be third husband, but her newfound happiness was interrupted when she was called back home to help nurse her mother, who had felt fell ill with hepatitis. Which is a liver disease too, right? You are right. Oh. Hepatitis is an infectious disease that affects the liver, oh. but the most important part, it is not known to be fatal. Oh. Likely, her mother's face would have been yellow and giving off a foul odor... Her urine would likely be putrid and brown with pale-looking stools. Gross. I know. It's, we didn't probably need to know that. The white probably all up, though, right? The whites on her eyes would have likely been yellowed. All normal effects from hepatitis. Sure. Recommended treatment was usually ingesting lots of fluids. While this was not known to be a fatal disease, like we said, Margaret Stott was dead within two weeks of Marianne's arrival. Mm. If Marianne was indeed slipping arsenic into her food or drink, the attack on her liver would have been monumental. Hepatitis and arsenic tend to be a deadly combo. Ultra combo! (laughs) Ultra, ultra. (laughs) This exact thing actually happened with another arsenic serial killer in the 1970s, where instead of looking for arsenic, they assumed the victim died of hepatitis. Though we know now a sign to look for when being poisoned by a metal is it leaves Meese lines or Aldrich Meese lines, which leaves white lines across your fingernails and toenails. Really? But either way, obviously Victorian England, they would have no idea to look for that. Right. Seeing that her mother was raising her daughter Isabella Mowbray, she would once again return to Marianne's care. The two of them would make the journey returning to her new lover's house in Sunderland. Oh my God. Which will end up leaving a lot of people dead. Within just a few days of each other, in April 1867, Robinson's two children, James, age 6, Elizabeth, age 8, 
and Marianne's daughter, Isabella, all died suspiciously. What the fuck? James had died of, quote, continued fever. Elizabeth and Isabella died of, quote, gastric fever. Gastric fever is often associated with typhoid. Not surprisingly, typhoid symptoms can be replicated by arsenic poisoning. But th- 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 that's three in two days. <sighs> she, that's a lot of kids. So she's killed four of his kids and almost all of her own kids. Yes. No, all of her kids. No. Yeah, they're all gone. They're all dead. But we don't know for sure if she actually is doing this or if it's just a weird coincidence. Two Mary Janes died. James Robinson, now only having two remaining children, William, age 10, and Mary Jane, age 3. Not another one! (laughs) Clearly, if three children died in rapid succession in our day, we would raise a lot of red flags. Around this time period, you would likely just accept your fate. People died of typhoid and cholera frequently, and there was no medicine to combat it. It didn't matter how rich or how poor you were, there's literally nothing... You could do against these Fuck. diseases. This had to feel like the end of the world oh, when yeah. everybody yeah. was dropping dead for nothing. See, what we said, like, please, just, this is why vaccines are important. These this diseases, these diseases are scary diseases. Thank See, you. I've been vaccinated, so I'm fine. Well, that's what you say. Anyway. Also, we've already established I'm immortal. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you've been poisoning yourself your whole life. Nice. All right. In fact, in 1861, Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, <laughs> died of typhoid. Is that where they got the dick piercing thing from? Is this guy? Did he have a pierced dick? I was kind of wondering God, about that. I hope that. so. <laughs> I know Prince Albert in a can was tobacco, but I do know that. You know, you know the dick yeah. piercing's of Prince. Is Albert. that the Prince Albert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the Prince Albert. Let's let's Anybody do some research after dick we're done here. here. We're going to do a whole episode on where dick piercings came from. (laughs) (laughs) The cholera epidemic had killed around 6,000 citizens of Britain that year alone. Fuck. Please vaccinate your children. (laughs) (laughs) It should be said as well, with the death of Isabella, Marianne wouldn't have received much in the way of insurance money, and the death of the Robison children, the money would have been given to the father. Of course. So why kill them? Well, for one, she would have less work to do in the household mm-hmm. and could spend more time with her new lover. If you ever want to spend more time with uh, that new special somebody you've been seeing, kill his fucking kids. <laughs> yep. Just kill them all. Oh, God. Since Marianne was pregnant with Robson's child, it could only bring the two closer in the end. Mm. In August 1867, being completely unable to hide the fact that she was pregnant, the couple hurried to get married in... Bishop Wearsmouth Church. My favorite one. <laughs> yep. Bishop Wearsmouth. In late November 1867, she would give birth to Margaret Isabella Robinson. <laughs> Sadly, she didn't live beyond the following February, having died of, quote, convulsions. Jesus Christ. This infant death, once again, was deemed not as suspicious. And that's what we'll pick up next week for the remainder of this story. Excellent. I am excited. Excellent. Lots and lots and lots of death to follow, so... Cody, this is good. This is gripping. I thought, like, I'll be honest, I didn't know much about Victorian England. A lot of people think it's just, like, cool buildings and shit, but this is horrible. This life is yes. horrible. This yes. woman yeah. could potentially be extremely horrible. So and this it, story did not take place in the Northeast England at all, no, like I thought it did. No. But... There they is got something. they got married in Newcastle. And I think she returns to Newcastle in part two. 
Oh, so her terror spree continues. Miss Muffy, you know, I explained to you, I got to find another book for your story. That's coming in the near future. I have to find a book. Hell yeah. She knows. Also, I want all of you to look up the Pepper Moth. I just found out about it on another podcast. What the hell is the Pepper Moth? It was a moth. It was a moth that was like pure white. Okay. And then when this Victorian era happened, it started to turn like pure black. And then once they, like, did the Clean Air Act, it turned into, like, black and white spotted, like a peppered moth. So, huh. like, the something in the air was poisoning it or something? I, well, they the way they... I can't remember exactly, but I think it blended in with its surroundings. And then the soot... Ah. All the soot from the coal mining okay. really fucked shit up. Right. Yeah, we'll we'll look into the pepper moth. Maybe we'll do a whole pepper moth expose. Keep uh, right. pepper I mean, moth cast. I'll make sure to post some of the pictures they had of like the kids going into the mine and the women going into the mine. <laughs> it's 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 horrible. Like a horror movie, kind of. It's like yeah. a little hole, and the little kids got a chain around them, and they're going in there oh, and Jesus they're pulling Christ. it out. Like only they can fit in the hole. Fuck. Oh. With all that atrocity out of the way, it's time to wrap this up because we are going to Small Town Murder yeah. live, like right now, pretty much. You yeah. know what the first thing I'm going to ask him? Hmm. I'm like, are you sick of all the fucking annoying Minnesotans asking you how the weather is? Oh. Because you know for sure, and nobody will shut the fuck up about that. <laughs> Little cold for you out yeah. here, is it, Jimmy? Right, you boys from Phoenix aren't aware of the snow and yeah. shit, are you? Oh, I'm going to punch everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be the cool ones. We don't do that. I'm going to get so nervous, I'm going to walk up and be like, man, it's cold out there, huh? You, <laughs> guys? Be, you get so nervous, you just hug them. That's what yeah, you should do. Yeah, just attack them with a hug. <laughs> Either way, thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in contact with us, you can always send us an email. Our email is always open. We never shut it down. No. You can do that bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod. I'll talk to you. In fact, some lady. Ooh. Right? So I was looking up, I searched, I did another little search, podcast recommendations, so I could recommend some of our homies. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I even got my favorite fellas, the OSW Review, they commented back. But then this girl tweeted, do these auto-reply slash respond chains usually work? The one looking for recommendations. So I had to tweet back, I was like, bitch. I didn't say bitch. Okay. But I tweeted back, I said, <laughs> I said, I'm pretty sure none of these people that responded to me were... were bots were, or yeah, what? Yeah, were bots. And then our boy, Coffee Buzz Podcast, Brad, he texted back and was like, yeah, guess what? Small podcasters, they tend to support each other. Yeah. So that's yeah. just... When you look for recommendations, like, people are just trying to promote each other and themselves. Yeah. I know. I Obviously, we know. we We appreciate people helping us. We help them. It's kind of a big circle, you know. It's the it best is. way to network and everything, get your audience everywhere. So I thought it would be so weird and un. I think that's unnatural. because the the people on Reddit podcasts are kind of mean to each other. Yeah. But like real normal podcast people, they're nice people to each other. You like know? the people we've just fallen in yeah, with through yeah. chance encounter. They're all cool. Yeah. It's like they're fuck. This is cool. great. Yeah. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bumblebutt Podcast. Mm. Please do that. Leave a review for Jordan. Yep. Leave a review for Cody on right? Instagram. No, just talk to Cody yep. on Instagram. You talk to me, write your love letters to Jordan on Facebook. And then just tell me I'm an idiot on Twitter, and that's all fine. <laughs> uh, okay, and now for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews. Cody, can you hit me with any? 
Yeah, I don't know what we're doing, but we got three more written ones this week. It's awesome. I love it, guys. Yes. I don't know. We're doing something right, I guess. Uh, So this might be my favorite one. Don't say that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You can say that. Your new favorite by The Untrained Eye. These three ooze charisma and likability. Get this show in your rotation ASAP. Now, I don't foresee any of us being charismatic, but no. I love that. Yeah. No. I love that because Thank maybe you. maybe it's like an unknown trait that we have that we're sure. not tapping into. Sure. Maybe we, you could be Shawn Michaels. You could be... The, HBK? Yeah. He's charismatic. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah. He's a sexy boy. Yeah. Anyways, thank you very much for Untrained that. Untrained Eye, thank you. Um, then N Net Twizzle, I'm pretty sure that's how we say it. Binging as I type. You guys are my entertainment throughout my monotonous day. We all know who that goes. Net Twizzle. Net Twizzle. Awesome. N underscore E N T W I S L E. I think. Thank that's you very much. <laughs> I think that's how it is. You're thank a beast. You. Now, love by L Michelle. Great girl. Uh oh, guys, a girl. I'm getting nervous. (laughs) I'm sure she's only here for Jordan anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We know. Great podcast. Well researched. Love the banter between the guys. Their Midwestern accent kills me. (laughs) Y'all started following me on Instagram at Miss Laura Michelle, and that's why I started listening. So good on whoever is doing their Instagram research on who loves true crime. Love everything, gore and guts, and you do it well. Well done. What was thank the name you. on that one? L. Michelle. L. Michelle. At thank Miss Lauren, Lori Michelle, if you okay. want to follow her on Instagram. Well, I will. Okay. Or I already do. The uh, the true crime community, I've been just swimming swimming all through that. So You're swimming. Those are my people. I love it. Yep. This is great. This I, is a great I, episode. I know. I Well, the, the reviews, too, it's just... It blew my mind. Like three reviews, never that's had killer. Yeah, two weeks with three reviews each week—that's insane. And you saw me when before I launched into that segment where I was like, "And now for the most." Yeah, I just stuck yep. my fingers like, up oh, here, fuck. like, "Oh shit, people <laughs> like us! Holy fuck!" So that's uh, that's all we got. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. You guys are godlike. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, computer. Thank you, P. That'd be cool if you could hit a button and it said, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> that little paper clip pops up. Thank you. Oh, Clippy. <laughs> I hate that fucker. My little Clippy cut. Anyway, thank you, Reese's Big Cups that I had before we recorded. <laughs> Did that hold you over? A little bit. Recording? Good. All right. Have a good weekend, everyone, unless it's Tuesday. See ya. I'm going to kiss all of you on the floor.